0: This is the Rockonomics Podcast, episode number nine. I'm your host, Dill. I say that's amazing a lot. And my command of the English language, which happens to be my first language, is spotty at best. But that's okay, because it's really all about the guests on this show. And speaking of which, today we have on Eric Leaf, the booking and talent buyer for Ink Floyd Presents, who are responsible for the God Save the Queen City Music Festival. But what makes this episode unique is that Eric and I talked a few weeks back. He was actually going to be a guest of episode Lucky, number seven, but I guess calling it that pretty much cursed it. So, without giving too much away, there was a bit of a glitch that I will get to at the top of this conversation now that resulted in us having to get together again and geek out on music and festivals for a second time. So, before I screw it up again, let's get to our conversation with Eric Leaf. <laughs> I figured my setup was gonna be I'm gonna come clean, and I'm gonna throw myself under the bus. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because uh this is our this is our second our second conversation. Our first conversation kinda of got lost it's, somewhere in the ether and I believe it was my uh incompetence with the Zoom H four N handy recorder, which needs to have a button pushed to actually record. So uh well, it looks like we're running out. My apologies and uh glad to have you back. Yeah, man.
1: Good to be back. And uh
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, like I said when I uh, sent you the note saying I, I screwed up, I, we had a good show. Yeah, we had a good show. It was I felt it was spontaneous. Yeah. So now we may not be as spontaneous, but I, I do know a little bit more about you. And yeah, and one of the things that's funny coming into last last time when we spoke was, I, I, I. I perceived you as like a guy who's like he worked you know you work at a print shop and it was like hey let's put together a show right and it was kind of like oh how how the layman puts together a a festival right but you had you've got a good pedigree with that so i think uh i think maybe this is a show to uh educate people that i thought you were on (laughs) like you know i i have a bar in syracuse and i'd love to put on a little uh you know two-day event Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: um the other thing i regret is we had a couple of uh current events that happened, you know, last week or the week before that, yeah. you know, obviously would be, would be canned. But, um, and I talked about a little about, a little bit about this this weekend. I figured one current event we can start on is the, uh, rock and roll hall of fame inductees. Yes. Um, I, I have the list and I was curious to see if you were a, um, if, if you could be a voting member, where would you, uh, where would you fall? So this is the list for the, uh, who's who's up for nominee i guess these are the nominations who are up for induction are radiohead the moody blues the zombies eurythmics the cars jay giles band bon jovi kate bush depeche mode judas priest ll cool j mc5 the meters rage against the machine rufus with shaka khan uh nina simone link ray and the zombies hmm.
1: yeah i mean it, it's a great list um the one that just immediately jumps out for me there is, is probably a little weird, but it's the Meters.
0: At, oh, funny! Uh, New, I, New Orleans band. Um, I was going to say radio. I was going to peg you for Radiohead. <laughs>
1: I, I, I do love the Radiohead, um, <laughs> but but the Meters was the the one that I saw on that list that just really jumped out. So we we were lucky enough to get to catch them probably five, four or five years ago down at Jazz Fest. Oh, cool! Um, and it, it was it was pretty awesome. It was the remaining members and on their home turf of the, of the heritage fairgrounds. So that, that was a special one for sure.
0: Now I'm not big into the meters. I don't dislike them. I don't know a whole lot about them. They're not necessarily jam band. No. Are they?
1: So they were, they were kind of a seventies funk band um, with the new Orleans sound. Um, Alan Tessant was kind of their big producer. um, So he was kind of, and there was a whole little like record label kind of drama somewhere in there um one of those great stories but uh yeah they put out some some awesome records and kind of kind of maybe flew under the radar outside of new orleans and then you know as as folks kind of wised up that you know these guys are these guys are damn good yeah they even cut a record with dr john um uh, probably the mid to late seventies, it was called Desitively Bonnaroo and there is backing band on the record. Okay. Um, yeah, you see that a decent amount with some, some bigger bands, but that one was pretty cool. And I, I I'm not sure, but you know, Bonnaroo and Bonnaroo yeah. b- being that the promoters were from new Orleans originally, uh, Superfly presents, there might be some tie in there.
0: What's that word even mean? A or good time. It? A good time, really? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> in, in in what language? You know, uh, I, I guess Cajun cr- or Creole? Creole yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never knew. Yeah, Jeez, yeah. Learning a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's quite a diverse mix. And uh, I know the criteria is, you know, the impact they've had on, you know, music in general and the mm-hmm. artists that come, you know, that get influenced by them and depth of, you know, catalog and this and that. And uh, it, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot like, you know... Uh,
1: yeah. The rhythmics, that was, that was interesting one, just in reference to because I think the night um, we were here last, I went home and popped on the Tom Petty four hour documentary right. after everybody <laughs> went to bed. That was fun. I stayed up till two thirty. <laughs> oh, yeah, morning. and he worked
0: extensively with Dave Stewart.
1: Yeah, they wrote the, the Don't Come Around Here No More, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I think produced that whole album. Kind of like foreign at the time sounding stuff from what they were doing. So that was kind of a cool little bit. Totally, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I can see I can see their influence. I I, I unfortunately I, I keep going to Bon Jovi. I mean, I I, I, I <laughs> yeah. I, it's almost like I'm coming out of the closet, yeah. but you know, they were they were a little bit in my wheelhouse in uh in high school. Yeah. I I see the popularity, I see the album sales, yeah. but I don't see the influence.
1: I don't know, maybe not, but they'll they'll probably get the nod. I I'd imagine just from a Avant-garde, you got to throw Radiohead in there. It seemed like kind of like a first ballot, if yeah. there is such a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for Uh-oh.
0: sure. I think Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. they're right in the wheelhouse of uh, yeah. you know political band that uh, you know kind of carved their own path. And it'd be interesting to see
1: too if any of
0: those
1: guys yeah, stick the middle finger up to the <laughs> to the people that do it, because right. some of those bands might be candidates <laughs> for that too.
0: So. Well, It would be great to see them play again with Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cars. I don't think the cars are gonna swing it. I don't Maybe. not not sure about uh where <laughs> was it? Judas Priest. Yeah. I mean I I think once you get in the Black Sabbath and uh some of those pioneering metal bands, yep. the, the the ones that follow aren't gonna really uh, cut it. But yeah. hey, I mean it's a great list.
1: Yeah, we'll see what, what happens with it.
0: It so, would be a good play. I'm sure it's probably a great Spotify playlist. Uh, Link,
1: Link Ray, that would be a kind of another one on the obscure
0: side, you know. But, yeah. The zombies, Nina Simone. Yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, – should be interesting. Yeah, um, absolutely. So anyways, all right. Let's get back to you, Eric Leaf. Um, so you are the booking and talent buyer for Ink Floyd Presents. Yeah. Um, You guys are responsible for God Save the Queen City festivals mm-hmm. that are – uh, put on in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, how did how did that come about? The whole idea for that.
1: Yeah, so we we had a warehouse across the street, and um, you know the idea originally was just going to be kind of a small party for clients and friends. And um, you know, I think I mentioned that we we had a great facility with the skate park and a really kind of punk DIY vibe and. Kind of wanted to, you know, do something there, but the more logistics kind of came up. Um, it, lack of parking and and most <laughs> Bath- most bathrooms. importantly bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, the the one and that one looked kind of like the Saw movies. <laughs> but it wasn't exactly the most amazing. Um, layout for, for having a a bigger party. So, you know, we kinda looked around, it actually started with looking at like rental venues, um and learn the ins and outs of the alcohol permitting. Right. Um and then once we were kind of able to figure that piece out, we realized that it made sense to kinda just do a show in an established music venue. Right. Look at the rental rate there. And we kind of caught a perfect storm with the chop shop in Noda was just opening up, um, a small venue at the time was about 500 capacity, um, inside. And then they had a nice patio area on the outside. So we were, um, pretty intrigued and, and met with them and it, it ended up being just a perfect match and, and, they had kind of yet to do a big local show, so the two kind of married pretty perfectly. And um, first of, first event was a big success. So.
0: What was uh, what did that entail? How many bands? How many days? That
1: first one was one day, and we we started it pretty early. I think it was about three o'clock in the afternoon, and and had ten bands play. Um, I think it was seven bands on the inside main stage and then three on the outside. Okay. And we kind of staggered it as it got later and more and more folks were there. Um, But it it was a great turnout. I think we we ended up, even though it was a 500 capacity, we ended up with about 800 on the day just with – In and out. In and out. So it worked out quite nice.
0: When you guys first conceived it, was it pretty close to what you – envisioned in terms of like number of bands and length yeah, of the show? Yeah,
1: and- I, I think so. Um, of course, it's changed every year. So, you know, but but as far as envisioning it, yeah, I, I think that that first one was all Charlotte bands. Um, Benji Hughes, who was kind of uh, one of our, I guess, if we had to pick a headliner or main draw that particular year, he had been in Los Angeles uh, for and away from Charlotte for, for, Three or four years Uh at that point, so it was kind of a big,
0: big homecoming. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, and so a lot of folks were came out to see Benj and and um yeah, and he's one of those that that's actually played every year. So he's the only one. He's the constant. Yes.
0: (laughs) So coming off that first year, what was what were some of the. first things that you were going into your second year like we need to either make this better or learn you know what did you learn from mistakes it, or what became best practice
1: you know the first year was really just you know learning a lot on the fly um it went really well so we kind of got ambitious for year two and um the dnc was in town uh democratic national convention and so you know we kind of wanted to piggyback on that we thought it would be a great opportunity with all these this influx of people coming to town to to try to put something together that we could sh- we could highlight charlotte music and and highlight the music scene and um it, it did not go that way <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ended up with probably around the same amount of people that we had the first year but it was spread over three days right. And we went the route of big outside stages and Instead of ten bands, it was forty-four bands. So um, we 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 learned more year two, I think, in the grand scheme of things, than any of the and
0: Was that just a, a with the DNC in town? Was that just a, it? Either too much traffic or too much too many parties going on in too many venues. Yeah, I, I
1: think what the biggest deterrent for our event not being super successful is that that most of the the convention and the parties and everything were all kind of downtown or maybe it's slightly spilled over into South end. Um, but for the most part, no one ventured over into Plaza Midwood and, right. and Davidson areas. So, you know, mainly the focus of them trying to keep everybody downtown and kind of contain it that right. way hurt a lot of the <laughs> other folks that we were. Is gonna, this
0: like pre Uber also? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. 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 Pre
1: Uber and, um, yeah, it was high security. That was oh, yeah, I think true. and I think there was a piece of it too that we didn't we definitely didn't factor at all. It was that Charlotte itself was kind of in this like freaked out status for that weekend because you did have all these extra security right. measures and militarized police forces, so um, you know, a lot of what we heard after was folks were just staying in that weekend until everything right. kind of cleared out. Um, you know, the president in town, so right. that means crazy security. So,
0: anyhow, um, yeah, the locals stay in, all the visitors, y- yeah, they
1: don't know any better. So we we kind of had like this really weird lack of folks going on, and and there were some weather issues that year too. Um so did you say
0: 44 bands 44 bands how did you tap so many were they did you broaden outside of charlotte
1: no no every every band was charlotte band um so that was crazy uh but yeah it was just pretty much you know we we took the 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 year one lineup i'm sure a lot of those that were still bands probably did both um and then you know everybody that we missed on that first year that wanted and 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 i was kind of reaching at that point too just Mm -hmm. you know asking friends who else we should ask and it ended up being pretty pretty crazy um just not as successful as we would want it to be right
0: and i'm sorry i didn't put this into context the first one was 2011 yes that's the debut so we're talking 2012 was the The second year okay um we don't have to go year to year but subsequent years what um what proved to be successful or what you know what yeah, but, so so after,
1: after that, we just decided, you know, we, we kind of realized that the local bands, it's not that they weren't pushing it, but we might have been tapping into the audience just more than, you know, the same, same crowd. Right. But, you know, a lot. So we, we might not have really expanded our draw from the year, first year, even though we had, you know, four times as many bands. So, you know, the idea then became, okay, well, how do we you know, increase attendance without totally, you know, selling out. So what we decided to do was kind of split the lineup, um, half local, you know, a quarter regional, and then try to bring in a couple of national acts. Um, and so that be- kind of became the new format and, and we've held with that pretty much for the past, you know, that was one and two was all local and, um, three through seven kind of all leaned on a, a national band and some regional talent as well.
0: Okay. And how do you go about, uh, attracting the national talent? It, it's
1: a lot of like, you know, um, geez, we, we kind of go through and make a list and then, um, you know, whittle your way down just from reach out. there. Yeah. Just reach out to folks, um, you know, checking availability, seeing if, you know, they're, they're even, Touring in the
0: area, and-
1: yeah, and a lot of times, you know, that's the piece that that's tough. Is it's really hard to 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 make that uh, routing piece make sense. So a lot of times, you have to kind of go into it knowing that it might not be considered a true one off. But you want to talk to the agents about building something around a particular date, right? So, hey, we're not, you know, trying to fly you guys in, but you know, can we work together and and try to get some other dates? Maybe maybe this is a reason. And and that, that obviously costs more money. So. Yeah.
0: Do you have, um, do you have acts that are aware of you? I mean, I guess, I guess local actually are aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe do you have any regional or national acts that are aware of you that, that have reached out in the past? To-
1: I've had a couple reach out a lot of times where my biggest, you know, success is coming from having done this a few years and having built relationships with the agents. Um, a lot of times I can go to them and just say, Hey, what, you know, you know what I like, you know what works for our event, you know, our vibe. What do you got? Let's, let's see what you got. (laughs) And so usually they'll send some suggestions and, um, you know, sometimes you'll end up finding a new favorite band that way. And other times it's just not going to be a good fit. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, that, that, the relationships are really where it's been all about for, for me personally and, and finding a lot of these guys.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Now you told me last time that you get a chance to kind of hang out with some of the bands and yeah. you know look after them, take care of them. What, what do you What do you generally observe when you get to you know?
1: Well, a lot, a lot of it's you know um, you know these guys are coming in and and it's their day job, so there there is a misconception to some extent. Um, you're here to play. Yeah. Play with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, it's really just. You know, the downtime is is probably between you know load in and and when the doors open, or you know even if there's an opening band, that sometimes there's some downtime in there to get to hang out with these guys and get to know them. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not this crazy backstage lifestyle. In in some cases, it has been, but very very much more the trend is you know these guys are looking at it as a job, um, and and sometimes that creates some interesting vibes because sometimes it's for us it's our release so yeah you know but um yeah we, we we've we've met some good guys over the, and gals over the years and um the nice thing is when you get someone that comes back multiple times mm-hmm. so you know some of these guys are are buds at this point so um that's cool for sure
0: Where where, where would you like to evolve it moving forward You know, a couple years, I
1: I think it's always like my vision is for it to not get like crazy big. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Charlotte could absolutely use a big music festival. But where I want this is kind of always kind of be a little more boutique and uh, maybe just have a little more trust with the Charlotte community and realizing, hey, we've been here for seven years. Uh, Yeah, We're doing something
0: right. 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 (laughs) Um, So, like I said, in the setup. You know, you you actually you know what you're doing. You've you've had you've had a past with uh, booking. This goes all the way back to when college. College, yeah. I I started really young and really not knowing what I was
1: doing. Um. That that's who I thought I was
0: going to talk to last week. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was about 18 years old and signed up to join the concert committee at college. And it was a senior when I was a freshman that was running it. And so I basically kind of got the get-out-of-my-way punk mentality. Did he know
0: what he was doing? I I, mean, could you learn anything or was it still kind of... You know,
1: it was one of those that I watched what he did and, you know, wasn't mind-blown. So, of course, you know, wanting to, to maybe do it a little better moving forward. And the second year, I was actually the chair of the concert committee, but... Um, my sophomore year, but that was funny just because the union that particular year didn't have as much emphasis on music, so I got to do a couple concerts. But um, it wasn't until I ran for union president my junior year, and uh, we ran unopposed, <laughs> so it was
0: pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> and what's what school are we talking about? Guilford College. It was in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. And what what did you um land anybody? That I'd know or I yeah, would know, or yeah,
1: yeah. My junior year was crazy. We um, we actually spent you know seventy five percent of our budget on bands, <laughs> and uh, started off we did um, Toots and the Maytals, which is pretty yep. big time reggae band from Jamaica. A uh, couple couple locals with them. Um, we we did Acoustic Syndicate, Derek Trucks band. Um, mm-hmm. The big one was Ween. Oh yeah. Uh, On the hip-hop side, we actually, at the time, these guys were relative unknowns, but uh, MF Doom and uh, Atmosphere, who now are pretty well-established, and then a couple local North Carolina like bluegrass bands, uh, which is Larry Keel Experience, and then um, Snake Oil Medicine Show, who were out of Boone at the time. I think they might still be doing
0: stuff, but (laughs) not – Totally the way they were then. What would uh, what would a budget be? You'd have a, a semester, like a yeah school year budget. I th- yeah, I think I think
1: like one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and I think we ended up spending something like ninety on it. Um, okay, and it was pretty cool because um, you know a lot of these before the unions before us, we we were the first one to actually make money and and. They didn't know what to do. <laughs> nice. It was kind of a good problem for them to have.
0: But Put I, it into next year and big, yeah. bigger 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 and bigger bands. Yep, yep. So um we,
1: we had we had a good time with it and then um I I did bow out my senior year just so I could finish it, it took a lot of effort and um so I needed to A lot of hours take,
0: away from the books. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I so I ended up my, my senior year just scaling back out of it altogether and just letting somebody else take control. So it
0: was cool. Okay. And then I was also surprised to learn you worked at, um, was it, uh, was it Bonnaroo? Yeah, it was Bonnaroo. Okay. Yep. Um, I was going to say Coachella, but I know that's way, that way was, far away from where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We, we'd started, uh, I, I was working for a, a great festival here in North Carolina. Um, it was more bluegrass and, and jam band centered, but a smile fest. And that ran um, with a guy named Bob Robertson was the promoter. And he actually went to Guilford. we, ages difference there but um so i i reached out and and he let me intern
0: was Um, that shortly after graduating i was actually still in school okay perfect yeah
1: my uh junior year and um so it was actually yeah right after the big year of music that we had done and um so i went to work for him on the farm for about six weeks and kind of helped get that one ready to go um and then
0: how big are we talking for on the on the farm? Probably like 3,000 people at the time. Okay.
1: And then uh, when we went – when I went was there, I ended up meeting uh, one of the promoters from Bonnaroo, Ashley Capps. And um, so ended up going out to Bonnaroo, spent about two weeks prior to the first one out there on the to farm. The very
0: first one. hmm Oh, cool. What year was that? Uh, 2002, I believe. Okay.
1: And so I was living out of my Volvo station wagon and working on the farm and – Long, long, long days there, um, especially once the event started. And then, um, yeah, it was a crazy experience um, being part of that first one.
0: Who who so, who was, who played that first one?
1: Yeah, the first one was kind of like uh, they took the three biggest jam bands out there, which uh, Time, Widespread Panic, uh, String Cheese Instant, um, uh, Trey Anastasio from Fish. Okay. And so they kind of had the three big... Followings all in one place. Um, But they filled that out with crazy, you know, you had a little bit of hip hop with Jurassic 5. Ween was actually there. Um,
0: Did they have the setup back then of the second and third stages? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: The tents. um, Although that kind of took a little more shape in the second year. Okay.
0: Um, I wasn't sure if that was always a standard uh, practice.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of like four main um, stages, you know, and, and one and two being the, the witch and what stage, I I think that's still how they, they have it laid out now, but, Mm -hmm. um, it's been a long time since I've been there. Um, but yeah, so second year kind of might be one of like the biggest and coolest musical events that I've ever seen. And (laughs) lineup wise, it'll be hard to ever top that one. Um, but you know, James Brown, Neil Young, Allman Brothers band, uh, Wow. Yeah, Flaming Lips and Sonic Youth and a very early My Morning Jacket with the uh their original lineup, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that second year is pretty awesome. What
0: um how many bands typically play? Uh, was it typically a 3-day festival or what's this? Yeah, 3 or 4. I think even the the year
1: it might have even been a couple bands that played that that first one on thursday night so, okay got yeah, thursday friday saturday sunday it kind of ends right at midnight on sunday
0: what time do they start during the morning <laughs> um
1: it might be you know one or two i it, it's been a long time yeah. um but but i I do remember like warren haynes in a in a field with just his guitar at, like maybe noon or one on a sunday right they have the gospel tent too, which was kind of a nice touch they did on Sundays. Oh, that's neat. Yep. Yep. Um, so, like that first year, Dottie Peoples and some other folks, had the Word, which was like kind of like a superstar group of uh, John Medesky and Robert Randolph. So, they had this kind of it was tinged in Southern gospel, but very mm-hmm. instrumental and. You know, That's a good idea. Yeah, it was, cool. it
0: was cool. So, working it, was it just, I mean, at that point when the show, when it's showtime, are you like up for 72 hours straight? You
1: know, I think I, I, I maybe worked like 18 hour days mm-hmm. and then slept for four or five. Uh, <laughs> After it was all over? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I ended up making some good friends. So, I, I definitely wasn't roughing it like once the event was starting. I had a hotel room and, you know, showers, right, which is kind of crucial. Um, but yeah, it, it was awesome and and long days and you just kind of learn you know it's it's basically putting out fires nonstop. Even even leading up to it especially. Um
0: yeah. What type of problems pop up? I can remember like I think
1: I was the only one that followed like the back map to get to the grounds <laughs> just being, you know, kind of young and intimidated and and wanting to do right. Um so I drove in the back way. And that's the same map that they had given to the bands, but most people just ignored the map. <laughs> so I knew where there was this one part where, uh, um, the road split and it was very unmarked uh, and just cause I made the mistake. And, um, when I found out that one of it was actually Trey Anastasia's band it, it ended up <laughs> at that location. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll go get them. I know where they are. So I drove out and, I I patted myself on the back. That's cool. We're saving hey, the day there. You did. It's like
0: <laughs> if you ever run into him you can say, "You know, remember that time?" <laughs>
1: right, right, right.
0: Um so after that how long how many years did you spend with them? Just,
1: just two and and it got to the point where at that point, you know, um I guess I I, I fell victim to the the corporate culture and and being 25 and having the pressure of you know, one or not even 20, I was probably 23, but having that pressure of trying to get a, a self sufficient job, right? And, you know, um, so ended up actually distancing myself from music pretty much from 2005 to well, I, I take that back. I, I did a couple of years stint with uh, a Jam Bass, which was a kind of a, a publication online, okay, kind of like a a blog before there were really blogs um so kind of wrote and took photos for them for a couple of years and then really from like 05 till 2011 was kind of
0: just little queen city came about yeah it was Very just cool. kind
1: of kind of a, a fan from those years and, and saw a lot of shows but didn't didn't
0: try to get my hands involved Okay. Now, did you work for Live Nation in any capacity?
1: I worked at the Fillmore in Charlotte. Okay. Uh, so, worked the door there, just just a doorman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, actually, I guess maybe I did get back in around two thousand nine when they opened up.
0: So, okay. Yeah. Anything from that experience that you walked away with? It just, I mean, they they, they attract good talent. They uh, yeah. You know, I got
1: I got to be good friends with a lot of those guys, um, and you learn kind of a you know their way about doing things and, mm-hmm. and i think i told you last time we've actually had god save the queen city down there a couple of yep. times mm-hmm. so um they do it full time you know they're good at what they do and we loved working with them because it, it really gave us a, a nice hands off approach yeah. to to our event um meaning we could just enjoy ourselves a little more rather than
0: Sweating all the sweating details. all the tiny details, yeah, I mean, do you have to sweat the details like the uh the riders and stuff like that? I know we touched a little bit about that yeah. last time,
1: um, you know, like I said, I think early on, I definitely was going and buying everything on them. <laughs> I think once you realize as you get older, you can well or at least as I got more experience, I guess that uh, you know you some of that stuff isn't hundred percent.
0: Yeah. necessary. Yeah, it's like. So, some uh, regional stuff they need to, you know, like yeah. uh peanuts from uh Idaho. It's like, yeah.
1: And, and with our event, we we have a lot of community sponsors. So, um, you know, a lot of times like a Benny Pinellos might donate four big pizzas okay. or you know, Cabo Fish Taco wants to bring in fish tacos. So, um, you know, we kind of tell when it when it comes time. A, a lot of times the rider comes after the negotiation anyway. So a lot of t- so a lot of times I'm just like, hey, let me get this out of the way now. Like we're sponsored by PBR. There's gonna be tons of cheap beer. Right. You know, you'll have pizza or tacos or whatever. You know, one of our sponsors wants to give us. Um, so I try to approach it before it gets. You know, I mean, the tour manager when they know they know what they're walking into basically.
0: Right. Right. Um, you bring up an interesting point that I didn't touch upon is sponsors. How did you? How did that evolve with uh, Queen City, and you yeah. know, how do you approach them?
1: Well, so with us, uh, you know, we're in a nice position that we can offer a little back, being a, a t-shirt printing shop. So a lot of times, I'll just, you know, present to our clients first, and most of them have been on board since the beginning, so they know mm-hmm. it, it's coming every year. Uh, but we 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 don't just blindly ask for a check to put a logo on some banners or website sure. or whatever. We, we try to, you know, fold it back into a discount on, on our product and services to, to them. So it usually, it's kind of a wash for our big clients. Um, in some cases we've had, uh, sponsors make money off us. So, you know, it, in theory, it, that's kind of how I set it up was so that it was a two way street. It's more right. of a partnership, you know, let's be real, they might not be getting a ton of, you know, actionable sure results from being a sponsor with us, but you know, they're showing that they support local music. They're right. you know, getting a discount on some t shirts, get some free tickets to come hang out with maybe some of their you know, bigger sales accounts or friends or whoever. Mm-hmm. So it, it usually
0: shakes out pretty cool. I mean you mentioned last time like PBR, do they have they have like a I don't know if it's a music division, but they have something that's kind of right in that. Yeah,
1: they do. And, and it's actually kind of a, a fairly recent thing. Um, they, they do, uh, PBR music, which, mm-hmm. which is their new division. And, and they do, uh, you know, their own festivals too. So okay. uh, like the project paps, then they'll do one. I think they have one in, uh, Oregon, which is the the main one in, in, uh, Portland. And then they do one in Denver and one in Philadelphia, one in Atlanta. Um, and, and in fact, Atlanta's I think was just last weekend or the weekend before. Okay, uh, they bring in great bands for those, so um, definitely you know they're they're paying their
0: dues. Okay, I was going to say, do they have any influence or or draw to bring in a band themselves for for our for fam- you guys? So we,
1: we we usually when when it's in the I call it the construction stage, basically is when we're setting the lineup. I, I'm typically bouncing ideas off you know, a handful of folks. And one of the reps here is someone that I kind of bring into that, at least that enlightenment, like, Hey, these are who we have offers out with. If we get this, maybe we do this route, you know, kind of pitch different vibes. And, um, a good example of that would be like this year. We, we brought in a lot of returning bands for the Friday night Mm -hmm. and it was kind of a lot of fest favorites, uh, Jeff, the brotherhood, uh, diarrhea planet, uh, daddy issues, and Space Face had all played the festival before, mm-hmm. um, some of them a couple times. So, so you know, having them all back was pretty cool, and and that kind of had a little more of a, a, a grungy, garagey rock sound. So it shaped up really nice, and then Space Face kind of gave a little bit of a psychedelic vibe. So, but it was kind of more of the rowdy night in comparison to the two side by side. Uh-huh. Um, with Saturday being a little more like, you know, kind of a dream pop, a little more indie rock okay, kind of, so the, there was definitely two different vibes going on. I mean, in all honesty, both were awesome, but just two different yeah. kind of overall vibes. Um, so yeah, things like that, you kind of pitch to say, Hey, we're going to go this direction. We're going to that
0: be cool right. with that. Right. <laughs> so Um, so how many people tend to get into, you know, even brainstorming, you know, bands or ideas?
1: Yeah, um, I I I always keep it definitely even within my circle, you know. We always kind of they help me make the big list in the beginning and um
0: and that's your coworkers or friends, like coworkers. And-
1: yeah, I just, you know, I'm kind of paying attention to what's going on and what could work. Right. Um, even some of the bands that have played sure. have weighed in for sure.
0: I was going to say now that it's been a number of years, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, 365 days a year. they yeah. probably, Hey, yeah. Don't forget us. Yeah. Or I exactly. have an idea. Yeah. And now, now that we've met, uh, yeah. now that I have your email, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have to think of somebody. <laughs> um, so back to, I guess, festivals in general, which, um, what are your favorites? You tend to, uh,
1: you know i haven't been to many um i did go to the project paps uh kind of a one day thing last year that was fun um
0: who who was on the bill last year last
1: year was run the jewels the hip-hop group out of atlanta and then mastodon who's also out of atlanta um so that that one was really cool we sadly missed uh charles bradley canceled that day so that would have been extra cool i never did get to see him but um yeah. So they, they do a great job. Um, I think the internet played, uh, oh. let me, our lights
0: just went out. Yep. Let me throw that back on. Oh, there there we go. We're back <laughs> motion.
1: Awesome. Um, so yeah, so, um, that, they did a good one. I mean, there's plenty out there that i that I'm, I love to. I mean, I think desert days is a new festival. They, they kind of focus more on the psychedelic, uh, rock and roll garage and, but they're pulling great bands from all over the world. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, my friends space face who we've had to Charlotte three or four times. Now they just played, um, this past weekend and that, and that lineup just looked absolutely bonkers. Uh, <laughs> and it's set in Joshua tree. So I just, I couldn't, oh, wow. I couldn't imagine a better place to be. You don't have to worry about rain. Maybe, <laughs> maybe want to bring some water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that, that would have been a cool one. And the guys out of, um, Austin that do, uh, levitation which used to be austin psych fest that's okay. a, that's another good one um they were the ones that originally got uh brian wilson to do the pet sounds 50 or p- play it in its entirety Entirely. cool and he kind of took that and made a whole tour out of it so.
0: <laughs> wise yeah <laughs>
1: um you know the, the the big ones in the south uh forecastle in louisville kentucky uh sloss fest out of birmingham alabama those are, you know, big, they're, they're kind of babies maybe to a Coachella or a Bonnaroo, but right. it's actually the same promoter, um, that does Bonnaroo's, the AC Entertainment. They do those two. And Ashley, he's always, man, he, he has put together some killer bills. Um, my favorite festival that I ever went to as an attendee is from like an eclectic standpoint was the first year he did the talent buying for Moogfest, um, up in Asheville for the Bob Moog foundation.
0: Okay. What's that? Um,
1: the Moog synthesizer. So he, he, the architect, the original architect was from Asheville, North Carolina. And he, um, so they, they, they kind of did like a a festival every year. It had a history, but it it was maybe like almost as, as much educational as it was entertainment. Okay. But when Ashley got involved, he definitely kept the, um, entertainment piece alive but uh from a you know talent buying and and just line up putting i mean it was all over the place and it was just awesome <laughs> <laughs> it was so good um and, you know we saw big boy from outcast mgmt uh girl talk kind of doing the the dj stuff um i guess they call those mashups um okay uh and then you know Jonesy the lead singer from Siro so it was just really uh, all over and um
0: yeah it oh, was, it when was really, this? that was in 2010 okay. so that,
1: that um but I would, not to get totally off track here but he he does a festival I think this will be its third year if, if in 2018 but it's called Big Ears um and so and it's more I mean it's almost got classical interwoven into it but he he just does some next level stuff, so I, I like the guys that aren't just cranking out a. I think I think with festival culture and what you see a lot of these days is one headliner is going to work the circuit for right the se- yep. seven major U.S. festivals,
0: and that just gets a little boring. You yeah. Know? Um, do you think there's oversaturation of this? I do. Now? I do. Um, I mean, it's funny because you, I honestly, I I only know some of the. Well known ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, the couple you're mentioning now, I'm like, eh. I mean, I've maybe but, vaguely heard of it. But, but
1: like a Governor's Ball or a, a yeah. La Palooza, Okeechoee, or, you know, you know, Jazz Fest. I mean, I'd put that on its own level.
0: Yeah. But I would say 50 states, there's probably 50. Yeah,
1: you're close to it. North Carolina, we have Hopscotch. I think those guys do a fantastic job.
0: And that's in Raleigh? That's in Raleigh, yeah.
1: Um but a lot of them you see you do see the repeat headliners and even the repeat yeah. second tier bands. And and what it does is it, it just you know for those months out of the year you you have to accept that you're paying bands a lot more money. Yeah. Um just because those are guaranteed contracts and that's the way it works. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's funny you mentioned earlier you didn't want to sell out and I was assuming it's that just going for an A lister that you know, is the draw or... You know, I, I just think as
1: far as maybe like abandoning why we started. So right. we we always want Charlotte bands to be a big piece of what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if we lost sight of that, that might sure. be... That's how I would consider it selling out. out. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, you know, I don't ever want to say we don't want some huge band to play because that could be really cool too. But I also like the idea of maintaining a small, manageable... <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of days, three days at the most, you know.
0: How big is Coachella in terms of attendance? And I think those
1: you – know, you start talking about a Coachella or Bonnaroo, you're you're talking anywhere from 70 to 100,000 folks. So okay. I know Bonnaroo at one point – I think it was the second year we were there. We were actually – the for the weekend, we were the fourth largest city in uh, Tennessee <laughs> <laughs> even though it was temporary. So – um, I mean, those are, those are big numbers and then, you know, other things start factoring themselves in. Luckily, like when I worked at Bonner, no one passed away those first two years. And I remember they had their first death the third year and that's just,
0: yeah, no you know,
1: inevitable that with that many people together, sure, especially, you know, doing mixing, the things young yeah, people do at festivals. Yeah. Then, um, you know. Um, you hear about that and it's super, super
0: sad. Yeah, you know, no, for sure. Definitely glad I wasn't around for, for that vibe. <laughs> how, and how big is like the Moog fest?
1: Moog was, was small. I mean, the the main venue there, that one kind of had a, a blueprint similar to, uh, to the hopscotch where it's multiple venues around town. Um, even though it was really like two or three venues, um, but you have the civic center in Asheville, which I believe is probably around, I don't know, maybe 7,500 uh-huh. might even be smaller than that. It's like a little baby arena. Right. And then they have a theater next door to that. It's about 2,000 capacity. And then um, they're using the Orange Peel as well. So um, at least the year I was there, those were kind of the three. And I don't don't think we made it to the Orange Peel. So we kind of just stayed at the main hub um, for the most of the, the weekend. But, yeah, just some, some crazy bands, that one. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, before we get into uh the final five questions, I, I, I know you see a lot of shows. Have you seen mm-hmm. any great shows, I guess these last couple months or over the summer? Uh yeah.
1: Um gosh, we went out to California and got to see uh, The Last Waltz 40. Um my, my brother moved up to the Bay Area from Los Angeles, so um got to see my nephew and then he and I uh went and and did a um couple concerts together. We went to the Lost last, last while it's 40, which was a lot of the old guys from the bands, uh, uh, show in, in San Francisco back in the seventies. And then, um, the two nights later we saw Radiohead at the Greek theater, which is just, oh, that's cool. One of my bucket list, uh, shows or venues, sorry. And, um, that one was just stellar. Um, yeah. And then Charlotte's had a good run of, of good music. Um, uh, you know, saw the war on drugs. And, yeah, that was uh, great. And then you know,
0: um, yeah, there, there's there's been plenty. <laughs> yeah, luckily it's a it's a. I haven't been out in a while, but the the war on drugs show kind of broke the seal. To, like I got to get out more. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Definitely. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, our final five questions. Which honestly, I think I forgot. The thing is, what I do when I record these, and I know we recorded already. Yeah is I go back and I listen to it yeah. when I edit it. But as I said, I lost the well, and I, and first I, one, so I, I never got to go back. and I definitely thought of one, of, <laughs> one different answer on one of these. Okay, so. perfect. So I won't be able to do a cross-check. Yeah. Um, so question one, uh, question one I'm actually going to modify a little bit. It was originally, what's your most extravagant expense on something music-related? But some of the answers I get are, are a little bit more pointed to. What's the most valuable music-related thing, whether it's you know, a collectible or I think valuable to you
1: valuable to me.
0: Um, I mean, it could be worth two, it could be worth $2, but if it's like,
1: yeah. um, man, that's a good one. Um, geez. I mean, I, you know, I'd probably pick out a, a you know, I collect a lot of uh, silkscreen concert posters from, from the shows that I've been to. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd probably have to, you know, lean on one of my more, favorite you know posters that 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 would represent a show um which if i'm pinpointing in my head probably one of my chuck sperry uh widespread panic posters
0: okay that's cool yeah who was who did your poster for the queen city event
1: we we've mixed up the artist on that a good bit um but alan forbes is uh the um he's the he's the art director for the black crows and um Chris Robinson Brotherhood and um uh, I hired him to do my uh, uh festival logo. And I I guess maybe thinking of it maybe maybe that one might be a better answer there. I didn't mean to change that. No, no, I just no. you mentioned
0: it last time and I I love that yeah, stuff. I yeah, no. Art.
1: Thank you for 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 bringing me back, but um yeah, when when he did the logo, um yeah, I I paid him not only for the commissioning of the work to be used over and over. Right. But I also, you know, added what he would normally charge for the black line of the drawing. So I actually have that framed. And, oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's that's. A so space. he did
0: the monkey, the space, the space, space monkey. monkey. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Okay. Question number two: uh, To see where your heart is at, if I were to give you a million dollars to give to one charity, who gets it? I, I think last time. I, I is this the time. one you're going to change? No, 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 okay. no.
1: no. I, I did say timeout youth last time, um, but or, nope. I, I didn't. I actually. I said Char- some kind of Charlotte housing uh, answer. So there, you know, we we chose Time Out Youth was our festival partner this year. Great organization, um, but I think Charlotte's, you know, kind of in need of of some housing mm-hmm. assistance right now. We sure. have pretty big. I was gonna say they have the housing.
0: They yeah, too much of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so it's 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 kind of helping with the affordable housing. I think I think um,
0: maybe an urban ministry or sh- you know Charlotte Housing Authority somewhere in there. You know. okay. If it makes you feel any better, my last guest gave his million dollars to Time Out Youth. Okay, so oh, awesome. they're they're flush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, number three was uh, what would your walk up music be to the Pearly Gates? Um, I I think these were the two that I, that I I'd, I'd
1: change. Um, the next two. Okay. So, um, you know, with this, I'd probably um, lean something. Uh, Led Zeppelin, the band, something from the seventies. When I'm walking up, you know, <laughs>
0: okay. yeah. Um, and the reverse to that is what yeah. song is stuck on repeat in hell? Yeah, I think I think it would be uh, Green Day. No. anything
1: <laughs> I'm I'm striking out with you here. I, I remember the well, last <laughs> time metal. you did it was something metal. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got a metal heart. Sorry, no, I just I can't do the Green Day. My boss uh, plays it as as a uh, an. an, an antagonistically to me um (laughs) knowing that i'm not a big fan so hopefully i'm not losing my friendship with you here (laughs) (laughs) oh you're good striking out back to back on that one
0: and and number five i I like this question for certain guests and and certainly for you because i know you've you've been out there and seen a lot but it's what's your best live music experience
1: yeah and and that one doesn't change um it, it was uh Levon Helm played a set at Marble Fest in 2008 with a ton of ton of special guests um and and that festival has a, another special place in the heart um being like probably one of the biggest uh, bluegrass festivals in the country um but man that that lineup that night he brought out Sam Bush and uh Ricky Skaggs Bruce Hornsby uh little sammy davis jr um the the whole lineup was just stock filled, i guess and then obviously himself and you know mark campbell his daughters they just had just it was kind of like this all-star concert
0: that's great yeah did you know was everybody listed or was or was it kind of no was, it's, like, that's, that's merle that's the
1: that's magic great. of it um, that's great you know you know his, his band i guess little sammy davis had come out pretty much every stop and done a portion of the set and you knew his daughter was going to sing certain songs. But all of a sudden you see Bruce Hornsby singing The Weight and it's pretty heavy stuff. So
0: <laughs> That's cool. That, that raises a good question of uh, just those special guests. Have you ever seen anything else stick got in your mind throughout the oh, experience yes. of like?
1: Lots of them. Um, you know, when we were big jam band kids in college, we went up to my birthday um, at East Rutherford, New Jersey to see fish uh, at a time where, coming back from a hiatus and then sold out these massive arenas across the Northeast and, um uh, and some in the South too. They sold out Greensboro Coliseum too. But, mm-hmm. uh, on my 21st birthday, BB King popped out with fish. Oh, that's cool. So, <laughs> that's great. I was, they ended up doing like a 50 minute long blues jam. Um, and, and, you know, the festivals, you tend to see more of the collaboration, special guesting mm-hmm. going on. Um, I'm sure if I racked my brain, I could think of some more too, but that one would probably be the biggest on just a not expecting it
0: moment. Yeah. That's always, I mean, it's uh, the thing that only pops in my head is uh, Ryan Adams, I saw him at Irving Plaza, and it's whenever they're like, "I'd like to bring someone out uh, out on the stage," and you're like, "Holy shit, who's it going to be?" Yeah, and he brought out Elton John, oh, and they did Tiny whoa. Dancer together. Whoa! So that was, and you and I've read about it since. Like yeah, you know, you, you see these blurbs every so often. You're like, "I was at that show." Yeah, yeah, that's so, that's awesome. That's always fun. But yeah. so, Eric, thank you so much yep. for coming back and doing <laughs> yeah, uh, a great. repeat performance uh, again. I apologize that we had to do this twice. No, but that's fine. I'm happy to uh, do it. I think we may, we may have been a little smoother this time than yeah, last time. We, yeah. were, we were well rehearsed. Yeah, absolutely, man. But uh, thanks, thanks for you, having you. me. Hey, my pleasure. <laughs> awesome. All right. A huge thanks to Eric Leaf and him coming back to talk to me for a second time due to my own incompetence and screwing up the recording of our first go round. So thank you, Eric. And thanks to everyone out there. Who's been listening. I know we've had some hiccups here and there, but we're getting the hang of it, slowly finding our footing. We've got some great guests lined up. So we're excited for what's ahead. So we hope you stick with us and help us grow. If you'd like to reach us, you can uh, email us at dill at rockonomicspodcast.com. Please let us know where you're from. We have a little bit of data on where people are tuning in from, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back again next Tuesday, so we hope you'll all be back then with us. We hope you'll all be back there with us. We hope you'll all be back with us then. Something in that area, as I said in the setup. English language, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Anyways, that's all I got for you. Good night, Cleveland.